Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. So when four outsiders saw the big banks, media and government, what they refused to see, the global collapse of the economy. They had an idea, the big short, that their bold investment leads them into a the dark underbelly of modern banking where they must question everyone and everything. And we are joined today by the screenwriter, of, along with uh, Adam McKay of the film The Big Short. Charles has uh, written uh, such screenplays as The Life of David Gale, uh, the interpreter, and another complex subject matter, Love and Other Drugs. He's been nominated for an Academy Award uh, for Adapted Screenplay along with Adam. And here he is to joining us today on Film School, uh, Charles Randolph. Charles, welcome to Film School. No, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, I, I guess let's get right into uh, the, the book. I mean, the book, Michael Lewis's book, uh, The Big Short, uh, Inside the Doomsday Machine. Um, you read it early on. What what happened? How did the this sort of become the film, um, The Big Short? Well, Brad Pitt, uh, Didi Garner, and Jeremy Kleiner, who are Plan B, um, bought it right about, about the time it came out. Um, you know, they probably bought it, bought it in galley form. That's usually how this works. So they, these producers get these books early, and they had a deal at Paramount. And so Paramount and Plan B asked me if I would adapt it, and I said, of course, yes. After after reading it, because it is a terrific uh, ride. It both Mike has a beautiful ability to Mike has a beautiful ability to explain what's going on in complex institutions and and industries, but at the same time do so by brilliantly casting the characters he chooses from those arenas so that you are fully engaged with them and amused by them. Uh, and it just it just had all the elements surprisingly, despite the complexity of the subject matter, it all had all the elements that that could make a really interesting movie. It does, and uh, I just want to congratulate both you and Adam for the ability to adapt or your skill in adapting this this book. And you're absolutely right; uh, the the characters all illuminate a certain segment of this gigantic catastrophe, this ongoing, the slow motion catastrophe, uh, in ways that allow the audience. And this is the really the the one of the great things about the Big Short, and I so appreciated it is this ability to take this what could have been just a horrible economic you know lecture and turn it into something very entertaining and very digestible uh and i i'm going back to your love and other drugs i think did that help serve you and in, in sort of giving you a, a a way to explain this complex issue Oh, it's a good question. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, that's sort of the tone I love most, which is yeah. not really overtly comedic, but um, sort of un, un, unpeeling the absurdities in certain industries, particularly in, in, in the behavior of business people, right? Who are who are in various fields. So, so yeah, I think probably I think probably you know they, they're similar in that sense. The, the section I started with first was the Florida section, mm. and that's not in the book. And once we had that one down, you kind of we could kind of feel oh this 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 movie can sustain a lot more comedy uh, than originally thought, you know. 
um, because the, the situations just are inherently absurd. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, you know, when, when Adam came in, you know, he wanted to scale it up. So, so what, what Adam did is he took something that was, I would you know, probably more satirical uh, is, is a, a good way of putting it, and made it farcical. Mm-hmm. And farcical in the best sense of the word. Because what you then had is you then had this energy and this intensity and this bigness that played off of the complexity of the information. And that, that was really kind of the, you know, the chocolate and peanut butter moment, you know. Um, <laughs> it was, it, that, that combination really worked. Yeah. I, I was thinking about uh, the film, and I'm trying to, you know, sort of reference cine- cinematic references. And in a way, it, it's kind of, uh, from the dramatic perspective, it's kind of all the president's men. I'm giving this is a pretty high, lofty sort of uh, threshold I'm throwing at you here. It has the vibe of people as we're discovering as the characters discover what's going on. And they all suspect something's a lot worse than it is. And and so we kind of know because we've lived through it in a way. And the other reference that I would use, and this is where I would call it circumstantially funny in the characters and in the circumstances, is Dr. Strangelove. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that, those are – I think those are – I would not have thought those two <laughs> worked, but I think they actually do. Um, yeah, because, I mean, to, to go to the first one, All the President's Men does does have this sort of natural revelation of the, you know, of the complexity of an underlying Leviathan-like, yeah. you know, uh, cultural problem. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, 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 and that very much happened in the big short, right? This, this small group who realizes how deep it goes, how bad it is. Um, and yeah, and then and then and on a comedic level, yeah. I mean, I think I think what I would I would again argue that what you get in Doctor Strange Love is is a kind of farce. It's 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 you know it's satire without the smirk because what ends up happening is we are more emotionally invested in some ways in 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 the craziness that you know what's so interesting about The Big Short and this is all Adam. Uh, McKay, our director, is because we can't trust the characters because they're going to make these. De- we're going to root for them, and they're going to make these decisions that actually sort of affect us. And 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 because, well, you know, their likability starts to become in question at a certain point. Yeah. The film voice takes over, so that sort of the filmmaking style becomes the thing we emotionally attach to. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it happens in comedies, and so that the you know the the voiceover that's coming to us, the you know, the breaking the fourth wall, all that stuff becomes hugely important for where we put our emo- emotional loyalties. Uh, and I, I think that I think that only comedies historically have done that, right? Where the where the where you're going with this other, you know, where the film itself or the the voice of the filmmaker becomes kind of a character in the film. Yeah, we're speaking with Charles Randolph. He's the uh, screenwriter, co-screenwriter, along with Adam McKay for the film of uh, The Big Short. And and again, it's sort of in those two references I made with the Doctor Strangelove and all the presidents. But we all know inherently what happened with the collapse, but we don't know how it happened. And that's why I would make the argument with like for uh, Nixon's uh, you know debacle. And I would say the same thing about nuclear weapons and nuclear war and all the rest. of it. We know. But we don't know that sort of the internal mechanisms that drive people to do completely either immoral or insane things. And that's, again, coming back to the strength of your your screenplay and, and the film itself is we have a really good idea of why it happened now. 
Uh, we don't, Absol- I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how absurd the process was, right. you know, for the people in, who are making those decisions, because they themselves didn't know. I mean, what's sort of delicious about the big short is you understand an industry created these mechanisms that they fully didn't understand, so that those mechanisms turned on them. Uh, and that itself is is both sort of deliciously ironic, but also, also, you know, tragic on a certain level, yeah. um, particularly because the repercussions proved to be, in, you know, not great for for the broader country. I'm going to ask you, so it's not in the film, although it's alluded to in the film, The Big Short. I, I can't, I can't help but sense that there were institutional figures. I'll go. I don't know, Paulson or Greenspan or these guys, who. If did if they didn't know in two thousand and five, they certainly knew by two thousand and six or two thousand and seven that something was going to go horribly wrong. Do you feel in any way in your invest sort of your look into this that that they that somebody knew and that somebody kind of knew that the the train was going off the rails and were completely in, prepared for it and did not feel morally obligated to let anyone else know. Because you, uh, you you kind of allude to it in the film, in my opinion. Do you is that a, a, an unfair question, or do you, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I don't think it's an unfair question. I, I I think I think no one that I know of in a position of power who could, you know uh, look the other way. Um, I do think there are individuals who smelled what was coming, coming, and positioned themselves. To be uh, to be able to walk away or even profit from what was coming. Right. So I would say, if we're going to look for moral culpability in that very abject sense that you're suggesting, that we probably would want to look to the to the people who ran the banks, who once they understood how bad it was, immediately then tried to dump their own short positions onto other groups and institutions who had less uh, intellectual firepower, less contacts within Wall Street to be able to protect themselves. And those institutions, generally speaking, represented pensions uh, and, you know, um, firemen's funds and this sort of thing, right? The dumb money. Right. Well, I, Dusseldorf, I, I, right. you know, as people always say. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so I, you know, I, on a governmental level, which is, of course, a different story, that's the story of Too Big to Fail, I don't know of anyone who really looked the other way, but I think I think if we're going to look for if we're going to look for that moment of someone knowingly doing something they probably should not have done, yeah. I think that's where you would want to start looking. Yeah, I, and, and just if I got a couple more minutes with you, Charles. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, the uh, I'll, I'll offer my my uh, uneducated opinion as but as an observer of the political uh, political theater here in this country. Sure. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna point at somebody. I'm going to point at Standards and Poor and Moody yep. because it's their job to know that. Yeah. Uh, yep. And and also the one other thing, which is something that we, we've come to live with, and I don't think we quite understand it, is the, the sort of the tyranny of expectations on Wall Street. Like if, you don't, if you're not generating enough profit, you're in trouble. So I think there are those two things, the sort of tyranny of if your company makes a profit but it's not enough, you get dinged for it. And I think that culture is part of this. And the, the second thing is the people whose job it is to know what an instrument is worth who looked the other way, and I don't know why. I can't figure out exactly why they did. Although, and by the way, the film explains all this. And I, if I'm going to, I feel like I'm going down a dark hole here. I don't, I don't want to. The film is so much fun to watch. 
this is the thing I want people to understand about The Big Short. It is a tremendously enlightening and entertaining story that we kind of know how it comes out, but at the same time, it is such a wonderful ride. And uh, and that's, again, going oh, back that's to... that's kind of you. Yeah, and I would only say about Standard & Poor's, I think you're right, but I think you may have... I, I, you, know, you may have more belief in their competence than I do. I actually think that some of these rating agencies were blind to their own self-interest, right? They had institutionally created a system where they couldn't quite see how desperate they, the desperate position they were in, in terms of supporting an industry for their own for their own bottom line without even realizing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it really becomes a question of self-consciousness, right? You know, it becomes a question of who really knew how badly things were and 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 didn't and and didn't do anything about it. And sadly, I don't even think they knew. I think I think that the crazy thing is they had all across the piece. Well, they're, yeah, and they're, again, they're making money hand over fist. I just think that there, there was a financial relationship between the ratings agencies and the banks that if we do nothing else, if we've learned nothing else, we've got to make sure that there's a firewall between those agencies. And I, I'm not even sure if that's Absolutely. the case. I couldn't agree more. Could yeah. not agree more. And also, by the way, and the regulatory agencies. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the fact that the regulatory agencies, you know, function as farm teams for the big banks. Yeah. That's just a bad idea. That's just a really <laughs> bad idea. Well, I, I thank you. I've gone over the time uh, that I expected to go with you, but Charles Randolph, uh, the film is the big short Academy Award nominated film, director, film. You and Adam have been uh, nominated for co-screenwriters, adapted screenplay. Uh, amazing stuff. Terrific acting. Everything about this film is top notch. It's certainly uh, in the running for best film of the year as far as the Academy is concerned, I'm sure. Thank you so much for being oh, a really. part of Film School. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.